Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons just like you. If you want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can help me make more content like this. Nintendo is selling Switches as fast as they can make them. If they could make them faster, I bet you that they would sell faster. Now let's talk about what exactly it is that we're saying. Nintendo had projected to sell 2 million Switches in the first month. That's what they told investors. Now, it's common practice for companies to lowball investors and say, well, this is what we expect to happen, knowing that they what, what they really expect is something more than that. That's pretty common. But Nintendo actually sold 2.4 million Switches. That's 400,000 Switches more than their projections were. Now, I know Nintendo's a very conservative company, so it's not surprising that they exceeded expectations. But at the same time, they had, even even this conservative company, has had trouble meeting expectations in the past. So 2.4 million Switches being sold is a big deal. Now, why is it a big deal? Well, it's the fastest-selling console that Nintendo has ever launched. That's pretty huge. It beat the Wii, also pretty huge. And it did this in friggin' March. In March! In March! Can you believe that they are selling this many in March? Look at what's going to happen come Christmas. I, this is a really big win for Nintendo. And I foresee that if they maintain this momentum, if they can get these things on shelves and in customers' hands, that we are going to see a new resurgence of Nintendo. There are people who are like me, who have been fans of Nintendo all along because we love great games and Nintendo makes great games and we put up with their nonsense to play their great games. But it seems like they finally have a hit on their hands. And I, for one, am really excited that they are putting out a lot of these consoles. The more that they sell, the more third parties are going to get involved in this. Now, I am the first person to tell you, well, maybe not the first person, but I am certainly one of the first people to tell you that Nintendo does not need third parties to survive, especially the uh, big third parties like Activision or EA. They don't need those guys. It'd be nice if they were there, but they don't need them. They've got their first party stuff, and then they've got indies. And if you look at the first year, the first year for Nintendo is peppered with big tentpole releases from Nintendo surrounded by a bunch of small indie titles. That's going to be enough to keep most people busy. Now, why would I care 
that third party stuff comes to the switch. Well, not everybody has the expendable income to have more than one console. So if they have more than, or if they only have one console, they're less likely to choose the switch over other things. But if the third parties are embracing the switch, then that's not the case anymore. Now, I don't need the switch to be another PS4 or Xbox One. I already have a PS4. I've got a gaming PC. There are games that I will play on those devices that I would not play on the Switch. But what would be very good for the Switch is not that it gets the next Assassin's Creed, but that Ubisoft, or is it Ubisoft? Let me know. Um, that Ubisoft is making software for them. The EA is making software for them. Again, I don't care about Call of Duty or um, any of those those uh, military shooter style games. But I want more games to play. I mean, I'm 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 pretty happy with the current lineup, but I'm certainly not going to sneeze at um, some extra games being on the system, whether I buy them or not. So. This number, 2.4 million in the first month, is really, really big. What's going to be even bigger and much more important is can they hold this momentum? Can they carry it forward? Can they keep going at this pace? Nintendo, they had only planned on doing 8 million this year. And then Kimishima said, hey, everybody, we're flipping the switch. Well, no, I didn't mean to do the pun, but there you go. Uh so they said we're gonna pull that lever and we're gonna up we're gonna double production sixteen million consoles. And I've said this on the show before, but if they sell sixteen million consoles in this first year, that is more consoles than the entire life of the Wii U. Not a huge surprise that that would be more than the entire what life of the Wii U. Very few people ever bought a Wii U. But that makes it a very attractive ecosystem for third-party publishers to make games for. Here's what I worry about with those third-party publishers. I worry that they will shoehorn games that they've made for other platforms onto this platform and then merely use the other features that this platform has that the others don't as like lip service. Oh, supports HD Rumble. Well, but they probably don't really support HD Rumble. You know, if you're not going to go in all all in, just just don't go at all. Um, don't make a game that runs at 10 frames per second because you optimized it for the PS4 and then ported it to the Switch or hired some other company to port it to the Switch. Batman Arkham Knight, I'm looking at you. Was it Arkham Knight? I think it was that it was it was uh, ported to the PC and it it ran so badly on the PC that they started uh, Steam started taking returns. I mean that's crazy. So two point four million. I've kind of gone off on a tangent. I'm going to shut up now. Let's move on to the next story. If you've listened to the show before, you know that I'm pretty excited for the idea of Pocket Rumble coming to the Switch. I know that I could go out and buy it for my gaming PC right now. But that's not what I want. I want it on the Switch. I want to have it with me. I want to be able to take that Joy-Con off, hand it to somebody, and have an absolute blast. It was slated to come out on March 28th. And then nothing. And we didn't hear anything from the developers. People tweeted at them and they're like, we have nothing to announce at this time. 
Well, finally, we've heard back from one of the developers. Uh, they said um, they don't have an idea when the date actually is, um, but they basically the the reason it was delayed is one of the co-designers mentioned um, that the date we announced was too early to begin with due to a miscommunication. I'm not really sure what that meant. Um, working out the technical kinks of the port has just taken much longer than we expected, the developer added. Pocket Rumble's final build uh, will be submitted to Nintendo in just a few days, and this was posted a few days ago, so it should already be submitted to Nintendo. And then basically all they have to do once they submit that final build is complete Nintendo's uh, lot check process, which is where you go through and you QA everything and you make sure that the game is running right and it's not going to set your Switch on fire, that kind of stuff. Uh, so as long as, they, as long as that passes... Pocket Rumble should be ready to launch, and then Nintendo will probably give them a date as to when that's going to happen, and they'll tweet it out, and then we'll buy it, and we will beat the hell out of each other, and it's going to be awesome. Now, why am I so excited for Pocket Rumble? Let's talk about that. I like fighting games, but I don't like the finger gymnastics that you have to do to play them well. That's one of the things that I love about Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers really has two buttons and then a, a directional. And that's basically what we're getting with Pocket Rumble. Now, they're not using up and B or down and B. They're using diagonals instead, which is kind of weird. It almost makes me wish that we had a GameCube controller on this thing because that had like these little notches around the outside of the joystick so you could feel exactly where the different directions were. But... Either way, it's going to be fun. It looks like an absolute blast. The characters look really cool. Each one plays in a unique way. It's got a fantastic art direction. I absolutely love this thing. So when Pocket Rumble comes out, I'm buying it. Are you buying it? And if you are, you and I are going to fight online. And you're probably going to win. But it won't be because I couldn't do quarter circle forward whatever. It'll be because you're just better at strategy than I am. All right, a quick PSA for everybody out there. Switch docks are available at Nintendo's official site. They cost $60, which, you know, everybody's like throwing their money at the screen right now. Slow down. Everybody be calm. Does not come with an AC adapter or HDMI cord. You have to buy those separate. The AC adapter is $30. HDMI, well, whatever. You can get one of those anywhere. So it's not actually a discount. All right? I think that this is for people who already, you know, they had already bought the AC adapter, and then they don't want to have an extra AC adapter, I guess. So that's what's going on with that. I bought one. I couldn't help myself. We had one more TV in the house. And I was afraid that they'd go away and we wouldn't be able to buy them. That's, that's the thing about Nintendo. They tend to do that. And I don't know if they do it on purpose. A lot of people see Nintendo as these mustache twirling villains. They're like, ah, we'll stop you from buying our stuff. And I really don't think that they're like that. I think that they're just far too conservative. And because they're so conservative, we end up wanting stuff more than they think we do. And then we can't get it. 
And I don't think that that's the case with the NES Classic. I think that they always intended it to be a limited run thing, and they should have told us to in the beginning. In fact, they should have put it on the box, limited edition. That would have made a lot of people pre-order it a lot faster. As luck would have it, I have one. I love playing it. It's awesome. But there's a lot of people out there that aren't going to be able to get one or that are going to go to eBay and give scalpers a bunch of money. And I really hate that Nintendo gives scalpers a business. I would much rather that we just buy stuff directly from Nintendo like I just did with the dock. One last story, and then we will get into has-been heroes. Uh, And it's about the rumors of the Switch Mini that have been circulating. I don't, first off, for crying out loud, people, it's been six weeks. Six whole weeks. You can't go six whole weeks without inventing a new console. We just got a new console from Nintendo, and already people are like, let's get a brand new one. I need to spend more money. Buy some games if you got to spend more money. But all right, let's move past that. We've got the Switch Mini uh, graphics that people had put out, like these renders. And first off, the D-pad looks really awful. Like, I would not want the D... So, this thing reads like fan fiction. All right? Nintendo clearly has, like, put thought into why they ditched the the, the D-pad on the Switch. They They did that so that two players would both have the same experience when you take the Joy-Cons off. Now, the whole idea behind the Switch is that you take the Joy-Cons off and you change it from being a home console to a portable console. Now, the Switch Mini that is out there, well, it would need a different dock. You wouldn't be able to use the current dock because it's a Mini. It's smaller. And the Joy-Cons are undetachable. And because you can't take them off, they're in the way with the current Switch dock, so they would have to have a different dock. So there's one thing that's not going for it. But the big deal, or the big reason why I don't see this happening, at, at least not for years, like maybe in three, four years we'll see a Switch Mini, but I don't, you know, I'm saying this right now, it's um, April 17th, 6.30 p.m., this is what I'm saying. I'm putting my, my, my foot in the sand, if that's a phrase that people say. I don't think it is, but that's beside the point. And I'm saying, we're not going to see a Switch Mini for at least three years, minimum. And honestly, I don't see, I really don't expect to see one for like five. But I, I've been wrong before, and I'm, I'm happy to be wrong. But here's why I don't think we're going to see a Switch Mini. Making the console smaller only accentuates all of the drawbacks to having a portable system. If you make it smaller, well, now the battery's got to be smaller. But you don't want to give it a different chipset because you want it to be easier or easy for developers to develop for both systems, right? And if it's got a different chipset, now you've given the developers a bunch of headaches, and now you've basically divided your, your player base. You've said, okay, here are the people who have the regular Switch, here are the people who have the Switch Mini. Developers, pick the ones that you like. Well, all right, well, they're going to pick the ones with the lowest common denominator, the ones with the weaker system. Why would they do that? 
Well, because if it can run on the weaker system, it can run on the fancy system. And if it can run on both, then everybody can buy it. They can't target just the high-end system because that's like saying, hey, customers, screw you. We don't want your money. And now developers don't know what to do. They don't want to make an inferior game that doesn't take advantage of the system that's in front of them because then people are going to be mad at them. Why didn't you make it do this? Well, we were trying to make sure that it would run on the mini switch. So the mini switch would have to have the same architecture, the same chipset, basically. And I am not a technologist. I like technology, but right now I'm just going with what my gut tells me. I could be wrong about this. If I am, let me know. Email me. Send me your pitchforks. All right, I got distracted again. Shiny things. So if they used, if they're on the same architecture, well, it's a smaller device. So that means we've got two big issues, battery and heat. People have taken the switch apart. It's got a big old heat sink in there. It's got a moving fan to move the air around to get the heat out of that system. Or maybe it's to bring cold air into the system. I don't know. But it's got it's got uh, a heat issue. I, like, I don't feel the heat issue when I'm playing it. People have tested it. It doesn't get over, like, 60 degrees Celsius, I think. So it doesn't get a heat issue like it's going to cook your, your hands when you're trying to play it. But they have taken into account the fact that you have to worry about heat and what what that is going to, what's going to happen to that heat when it's in a smaller area. Well, that means that the temperature is probably going to go up. The higher the temperature, the less the um, the um, the parts won't work as well. You make that battery smaller. That smaller battery isn't going to last as long. The first thing that people said when Zelda came out was, two and a half hours on Zelda, Nintendo is out of their mind. Goodbye, Nintendo. Stop making hardware. Go make software. Making a smaller Switch is only going to take all of the problems that people point out when it, when when the game or when the system came out and make those problems bigger. And it's not going to t- make anything better except for it might fit in your pocket better. I wouldn't want to put it in my pocket anyway. It's got real thumbsticks on it. Those real thumbsticks are going to get caught on stuff and get broken. That's why we have cases. So anyway, that's why I don't see a, a mini switch coming or a switch mini. Uh, so you guys let me know what you think about that. All right, we're done with the news. Let's talk about gameplay. Uh, number one thing, I really think the eShop needs to be upgraded. You know, you look, I I mean, I like the look of the eShop. I think it looks very good. I miss the music from the previous eShop, but the categories are, it was fine when there were seven games. But now there's a bunch of games, and it's hard to sort through them and find stuff. Um, for instance, Puyo Puyo Tetris. The demo came out uh, the day of the Nintendo Direct, and I downloaded it. But I could not find it for the life of me. It was hidden in the coming soon. So I could not find, like, there should be a place that just says demos. And I can go and find demos to download. But what I had to do instead is go into the coming soon to find Puyo Puyo Tetris and then go over to download the demo for it. It just seemed like it was hidden, and I don't think very many people are going to be able to find it without being told. 
if there was a separate section for demos like they did for top sellers, then I think that the demos would be a lot better and they would probably sell more games as long as the demos are good. Fix that. Hello, look. Okay, I kept telling you guys that I was going to talk about it, so here's the day. I'm not going to go into, I'm going to try not to go too long because I spent a lot of time talking about the news today, but I want to talk about has-been heroes. First off, I love how Nintendo is updating games on the eShop or on the Switch because I don't have to do anything. I launched has-been heroes after beating Zelda the other day. And by the way, our spoiler cast uh, for Zelda in a related note, we're going to be recording that on the 22nd of April tentatively. So look for it after that, and it'll be labeled spoiler cast, so you don't have to worry if you, if like, it will clearly be labeled and you will know what it is, uh, so that you don't have to worry about being spoiled if you haven't finished the game yet. All right, back to the topic at hand. I love how uh, Nintendo is updating their stuff. I decided I was going to play Has Been Heroes after finishing uh, Zelda, and I did not, I didn't update it. The game just updated itself. In fact, I didn't even know that it updated. And I, I was playing and I died, as you do very often in that game. And then it takes me back to the beginning. And while it was loading in the the game, it showed like a little uh, tutorial to explain how the stamina works in the game for the monsters. And I thought that was great. In fact, I screenshotted it and I posted it to Twitter. I was like, is this new? And somebody's like, yep, it was in, put in in the last um, update for the game. And I was like, wow, I didn't even have to update it. That's awesome. So let me talk about Has Been Heroes just a little bit. I really, really like um, the art style. I think it's fun. It looks like, it looks like somebody did paper cutouts, but not on purpose. Like, it's not like Paper Mario style paper cutouts. It just looks like paper cutouts that aren't trying to look like paper cutouts. It's kind of a weird way for me to say it. I can't really explain it better. It's more about how the the characters move, like like their arms aren't attached to their bodies. They move independently. It's a little ridiculous looking and very cool and I like it. I I the the players talk but they have their own version of a language that they're like hum, 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 almost like simlish and so they make their little squawks and squeaks and you can read it on there now let's talk about the fight mechanics so in the, this game is a roguelike meaning you you start over when you die uh you get to keep the things that you've unlocked but you are always uh start just like you did the first time that you started the game okay you move that you've got like a maze on the bottom that you want to try and go through and hit as many places as you can in the maze. You can't go backwards without using up a candle. I haven't figured out how you earn candles yet. I think it just happens along the way. Uh, but anyway, as you make your way through the maze, sometimes there's battles. Now the way that the battles work, you have three lanes and each of the lane is belongs to one of your three heroes. When you begin, there is a monk a warrior and a rogue. Um, now the warrior can attack things once the monk can attack things twice and the rogue can attack things three times. Uh, the warrior does the most damage. The rogue does the most damage to stamina. So 
when you are looking at a monster, it will have uh, various um, things that show up on it. It might have a, it'll have a health bar, and it'll also have we'll we'll say that it's a, a, a four. We'll say that it's a three stamina monster. It'll have three little green pips on it. So what you do is you arrange your heroes so that you can attack that three pip monster with your rogue because you want to get rid of its stamina. So you send the rogue in. It does. It hits it three times. Those three pieces of stamina are gone for the monster, and it will be stunned. On the right-hand side of its health bar, there will be a little yellow stun bar that shows up. And this is t- this is ticking down and showing you how much time you have before the stun wears out and he gets all of his uh, stamina back. The game pauses as soon as you attack. And any time that the game pauses, as long as you're... Um, as long as the current character isn't being hurt by something, um, they'll, you'll see a little yellow circle that you can move your, you can reshuffle the characters that you have. So what you'll do is you'll attack with the rogue to get rid of the enemy's stamina. Then, because the rogue doesn't do very much damage, you'll bring your warrior into that lane. So they'll basically switch spots. Then you'll send your warrior in to hit that same monster, that monster that's stunned, and he'll take a whole bunch of damage. Now, you, you can combine that with the fact that you've got these three lanes coming at you, you've got three heroes to deal with, and you have to constantly juggle them around. In addition to that, each hero has a set of spells that they can pick up. Now, so far, I've only picked up a few spells. They all start with one spell. The warrior starts with one that gets rid of stamina and sets the enemy on fire. The... Rogue starts with one that allows whoever they cast it on to attack twice in a turn, which might be really important at some point, and I'll explain why. And then the monk has one that, gosh, I can't remember what it does. Oh, it freezes. It it, it puts a spell on a monster, so the next time they take damage, they're frozen. All right. So let's say now that I'm up against a monster, and it has five stamina. So what do I do? Well, I start off by putting my monk or my rogue in that lane. I send my monk or my rogue in to hit that monster. Then, whichever I put in, we'll we'll say that I started with my rogue. So I put my rogue in that lane. It hits that monster, takes takes out three stamina. Okay? Then I switch my monk into that lane, send him in. He takes care of the last two stamina. Then I can bring in my my uh, warrior, and he can do damage. Now, before my warrior attacks, I'll cast the uh, the uh, double attack spell from the rogue onto my warrior, so now he gets to hit the monster twice, doing twice as much damage and taking out the monster. So you can easily see how if th- th- this game is very, very hard. It's not very forgiving, and... But these fight mechanics can really get complicated, but also really, really rewarding if you can figure it out. Now, that's I've given you the the barest bones of an explanation of the fight mechanics. And the game gives you even less than that. Like, I had to figure this out on my own and, like, looking up some stuff online because it was not explained in the game at all, Okay. The only thing that we have now, once it was once it was patched, is this little animation that that shows you 
don't try and do like if a monster has three stamina, don't hit it four times. Or a better example was if a monster has two stamina, don't use the rogue against it because the rogue hits three times. So what happens in in that case is the rogue's first two hits will get rid of the stamina, but then its third hit hits the monster. The monster gets knocked back and it gets its stamina back. But because the rogue doesn't do very much damage, that was kind of a waste. So it's this balancing act. As soon as you figure out that you've got to try and match the amount of hits that you have to the stamina that the enemy has in front of you, that's when the game really starts to click. You can also do damage as as you move back and forth. You'll do more. Da- you'll do damage to various things that are in your path. Uh, very very fun mechanic and uh, not explained at all. And that's that's why it really. I think a lot of people didn't get that um that mechanic very well and that's probably why the game is is doing so poorly in reviews but it's a really good game all right so that's it for fight mechanics i'm not going to talk any more about that i finally finished the game now when i say finish the game it's a roguelike so that means i got to the end there's only two levels okay now it took me probably i'm going to say I probably put about 8 to 10 hours into the game and I have finished the the second level once. Now when you get the when you finish the first level, well actually, when you die, you get um like you've got these two little these two schoolgirls that you're escorting like the 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 story behind the game is you are these washed up heroes and you're escorting the king's daughters back to their school, okay? Uh, they collect gold and um, they're behind the heroes. They collect gold and, I don't know, some kind of spirits, I guess. And when you die, um, you go to the pearly gates and they uh, add those spirits that you've earned to, like, this pile. And once they get to a certain number, it unlocks, like, uh, new things that you have, new spells or new weapons and things like that that you have access to. Uh, you don't get to set that stuff up at the beginning of the game. Uh, you set that stuff up, or you, you can pick this stuff up later on in the game. So maybe I unlock a pair of boots that increases my stamina. It doesn't mean that I get to start the game with that. It means that now the game has a chance for those boots to show up in a chest, that kind of thing. Anyway, I got I got distracted. So that's what happens when you die. When you don't die, let's say that you make it all the way through the first level. You will have a random um, boss to fight. So far, I think I've seen three different bosses in the first level. And then if you finish that, you move on to the second level. When you're in the second level, uh, I've only done, I've only gotten to the end once. And so I've only seen one boss at the end. I'm going to assume that they also have other bosses uh, that are randomly chosen from. But let's say that you beat that boss too. That's when you unlock a new hero. So now, in addition to my... Uh, warrior, rogue, and monk, I now can choose a, a bard. Uh, the bard is the one that I unlocked. I'm sure that other people have unlocked different ones. So what basically is going to happen is I am going to slowly build up this team of heroes that I can pull from, and I can pick any three that I want, and those can be my three for this game, which makes it the replayability factor of this game really, really high. I am having an absolute blast with Has Been Heroes. In fact, I, I'm going to be streaming it 
uh, today, although if you're listening to this now, you probably already missed that, but you can go back to twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp and watch the VOD if you want. Um, but I'm going to be streaming it today, and I'm really looking forward to playing it more. It's a great game, and it's because this is a portable system, this is another one of those games where it's easy to pick up and put down. You can sit down, do one battle. Um, one battle takes... I'm going to say like 10 minutes, depending on how long you leave things paused for. By the way, in the battle, there's a little timer at the top, and it tells you how much longer the battle is going to last for. You just have to survive. You don't have to kill all the monsters. If you survive until that battle timer hits zero, then the monsters turn tail and run away. Uh, If you beat all of the monsters before it hits zero, then you get bonus gold. Uh, which you can then use to uh, go to like the spell gambler and get different spells or to um, uh, buy keys so that you can unlock chests. Uh, There's so many, there's so much replayability in this game. I think that for $20, it's an absolute must buy. Unfortunately, if you want to get the physical edition, you have to go to GameStop because it is a GameStop exclusive because they're the publisher of the game. Um, however, if you are a digital only person, then you could just buy it on, on the eShop. And I think $20 is definitely fair for it. I recommend it. So that's it. That's has been heroes next time. Um, we'll maybe talk about some other game. I don't know. Well, everybody, that's all the time that we have today. If there's a story that you feel that I've missed, please let me know. There's a whole bunch of ways that you can do that. You can shout at me on Twitter. That's at run, jump, stomp. You can, Use the hashtag on Twitter, AskSwitchCraft. I always search for that right before I record the show, and I can include stuff like that. Uh, You can send me an email. That's runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Just put SwitchCraft in the subject line. And you can, of course, leave us a voicemail. It might get played on the show. That's 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. Now, we have got a Patreon for the show, and the first goal that I set for the Patreon was $50 a month. If we hit $50 a month, we're going to bring out an extra episode of Switchcraft every single week. That'll bring us up to four episodes a week. Uh, So if you really like what you're hearing here, then head on over to patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp, and I'll, you know, just, just a buck. That's all it takes. Uh, There's more stuff that you get if uh, you do hire, but just a buck. That's it. If you can't support us that way, that's totally fine. Just give us a review on iTunes, uh, one star, five stars, whatever you feel is fair. Uh, We'd love to get that feedback, and I really appreciate it. So that's it for this week. We'll see you guys next time. Not this week, for crying out loud. That's it for today. It's not a weekly show.